This is the Lost and Founded Podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups, and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform, and influence. My name is George. My name is Nicola. And in today's episode, we'll be speaking to an award-winning publicist and the founder of a company built on positive recommendations. With over 10 years professional experience in public relations, our guest today took a pivot in her higher education journey to launch and handle strategic growth and comms in the UK's most renowned talent, charity and brand names, awarding her both personally and the agency. She's also a proud member of the Public Relations and Communications Association, Chartered Institute of Public Relations and a speaker at the London School of Communications, as well as having been awarded several awards, including the PRCA Small Consultancy of the Year for the year 2020. So without further ado, we'd love to introduce Charlotte Tobin, founder of Bell PR. Welcome, Charlotte. How are you doing today? Hello, thank you for having me. What an intro. <laughs> Yeah, always a pleasure to have you. We're very excited to have you on the show. And just to kick us off, could you tell us a little bit about Bell PR and what a typical day looks like for you? Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, is a lifestyle um, brand, talent and charity uh, PR agency. We are based in London, Covent Garden specifically. We are a small team of seven, but, you know, our USP is we're small, but we, you know, create big things big results and you know that's something I'm very very proud of after coming from big agency experience and um, yeah you know I've I've been in PR and what well, I've been a publicist for over 10 years now so you know time has really kind of gone quickly um, but it's been a really really interesting journey and that's why it's really great to do podcasts like this and you know and actually talk about you know my career but also the industry that so maybe it will help others you know on their journey on the way up or potentially those not sure exactly what career um, to go into. Perhaps it will provide a bit of insight um, for those. Absolutely, that's what we want to do. Um, so as we mentioned in the intro, uh, a bit of a pivot in your higher education journey when you were at uni. So can you just let us know what exactly were you studying at uni and how did your career path unfold from there? Yeah, so I went to university uh, to Sheffield. So I studied history at Sheffield University and I absolutely loved history. You know, that was my hobby, absolute passion. And really I did history because I loved it, but also because it was an academic degree and I really believed it would, you know, help me in different career options, I guess, after the three years. So, you know, I did it, to be honest, because it was a subject from my heart, but it was a head decision as well, because, you know, any academic degree is always going to be of use in terms of research, writing, presenting skills. So my natural choice was, be to, was going to be to be a lawyer, and I was going to uh, go into the criminal specific arena of law and I was going to do my conversion course I'd already started doing my work experience placements in criminal law um, and I took a really really big swerve after my three years and I got a work experience placement at a PR agency and never looked back so you know I'd already really kind of started on my legal training and that route and I really did take a big stop and left turn into this industry but I've never looked back it's been brilliant that's fantastic it's nice to kind of hear it's always nice to hear when somebody thinks they're going to start off as you know being a lawyer and then it completely takes a turn for something else which kind of just tells you what life is about and we know 
one of the things Bell PR really prides himself in is having a great team. Like you said, you have a team of seven. So could you tell us a bit more about this team that you have that is so such a big part of, you know, what you've been able to achieve? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I never wanted to do it alone. You know, I'm not I'm not precious. I don't want all the uh, praise. Actually, you know, I find that very uncomfortable, just, you know, as, what my personal uh, traits are. So actually, for me, it's all about the team. You know, it's taken me nearly seven years to have a strong team of seven, and they're all exceptional. So, you know, rather than having a team of 20, who are, you know, okay, I've got a team of seven who are exceptional publicists, and I've trained all of them up from being juniors. So they really know how I work, what what I expect of them and their results. They know my clients inside out. We've grown with clients, we've grown with brands, we've grown with charities. So they're all absolutely brilliant. I couldn't do what I do without them. And it's a very lonely job. And it's a very stressful job. So actually, the team are everything because you know you're a community and you can share ideas and you can share the ups and the downs and they're brilliant you know I think you know I thank my lucky stars for them every day I mean we I'm sure we know it best how important it is to have a good team around us and you've been very lucky in that respect so I can I can take from you but as a company as you were saying you have a lot of quite high profile clients and so I was wondering how you managed to build up that caliber of clients throughout the progression of your business. Yeah, and actually that comes with time. You know, I didn't just on day one when I started from my kitchen table with my laptop have this amazing roster. You know, it, that comes in time. You know, it comes to firstly time. You know, time evolves and progresses and you can do more work, you can get your name out and about you your results start to tell the story for you and then yeah then as your results come your reputation strengthens and then with your reputation people start chatting oh wow that project was great or that magazine cover was great or did you see that person doing that charity project and actually then suddenly it's actually a very small world the world I'm in in the world of talent and communications because it has to be quite small it has to be quite tight it's, it's obviously an industry based on trust then word gets out and we're an agency we don't have contracts we have a really really simple day rate system so the clients I get could walk out any day they could theoretically leave me tomorrow but they've been with me since the beginning and yes psychologically that could be because I don't have contracts and you know they know that they can stay and they know they can go but that's also because of results and I have been part of their journey and their successful journey. And yeah, and the really kind of, I guess, famous talent, if you like, that's just been an evolving process. And I love working with those superstars. There's nothing better. Like my day-to-day -day job is amazing. However, I really like to work with kind of the up and coming talent when I can see what they're gonna be like in five years. The same for brands. I might take on a small brand now, but in five years, that could be my biggest brand. And my biggest brand now was probably my smallest brand when I started. So it's actually very um, rewarding to see growth as well as it is just to have, you know, really famous talent on my books. 
No, that's lovely. And I'm sure it's one of those things where you kind of feel like a mom when you've seen something so small and then it grows into this big thing. And you're oh, like, oh, yes. you yeah. you I'm a publicist, a therapist, a mom, a big sister, a little sister. I'm all of those roles and mental, really. You know, I'm not just a publicist. You know, you become so involved in their lives and you really start to care for them. And that doesn't just end when your emails get switched off at the end of the day you know you're there for them through thick and thin and it's a privilege no of course it's about that long-term relationship and like you said initially the most important thing you needed was time but what other resources would you say were pivotal for you to actually start up your own business and were you sort of did you have a lot of planning for ages that was already put in place or was it a little bit more of a spontaneous like let's just do this As I said before, I've never been the type of person that wants to take all the credit or wanted to do it on my own. You know, for me, there's no glory in that. I want, I I would have loved to have done it with someone else and gone into a partnership. And And the reason why it came about when it did for me is I actually got made, well, I got offered partnership at my last agency. So it was a really big crossroads moment in my life where I either take that opportunity, which was a really great one. I loved where I was working. I loved the co owners there. I would have happily have worked alongside them. But for me, that was that was my only chance to start on my own or try it on my own. So it almost forced my hand a little bit. Um, otherwise, I might not have done it then. And was there a big plan? I knew what I would want from my own agency because I was director at that agency and I was director before. So I was always running my own agency within an agency anyway. So I knew what I would change if it was mine and I could call all of the shots. So... I guess I planned it without realizing it. So when I was on my own, it wasn't a big shock. And I did know what I wanted and how I wanted that to run. Yes, I, I can see how that kind of that kind of vision can come out over time, even if you have had some experience in that before. You mentioned earlier how PR can sometimes be quite a lonely job. And I was just curious, how much of your life does a business like Bell PR take up and do you have how much do you get to switch off and do you get to take some breaks some holidays more so now more so now you know I've got a brilliant number two and I've got you know in Megan um, and I've got a brilliant team but the reality is it's a lifestyle choice as well as a career choice and I can't emphasize that enough. I very, very rarely get a day off. I was meant to be off um, on Tuesday, but I had to come back to work. Something happened. You know, the buck the box stops with me. It's my name on the door. It's my company. I'm naturally very hardworking. So yeah, it's very, very difficult to get that balance. And I'm not going to tell you I've got it because I definitely don't. But I do get more time off than I did before. I've got more balance than I did before. But I would probably say compared to like an average job and the, and at the time you would spend on that per day it's way over and above that um and they're long days and it's mentally tough um and it's definitely not for everyone which is why the more podcasts and uh, written pieces I do or you know talks at the London School of Communications that's all great because I can let people know the realities of this side of the PR industry and it's amazing it's the best job in the world but also you know people need to know the realities and if they've got what it takes. 
I think that's really important because a lot of people with certain jobs, they think, oh, it's going to be this great glamorous thing where I'm going to be in PR or whatever. But they don't actually know this actually comes with so much extra time rather than just those working hours, which is exactly what you've just said. And it's so important for our listeners right now, to, if they were thinking about getting to PR, to think, maybe I don't want it to, you know, be that much of an extra priority. I think so. I think, so. I think there's a couple of things to add there. Um, one, yeah, knowing, you know, what you're going into before you go into it and really recognise your personality type. And if you're chronically shy, going into communications isn't the right thing for you. But then there's many other jobs that are perfect for you, you know. Um, I think the other thing to say is, so firstly, it's a lifestyle choice as well as a career choice. Secondly, I would say just make sure your personality traits impact, actually go with the profession that you choose. I can't tell you how many times I see people kind of five years into a job that, that doesn't suit them. And that really upsets me, not as much, you know, as much for the person as it does the industry. I think, I, I just think there's, there's a lot of research people can do before taking the you know plunge they can do internships they can do work experience positions they can read books there's so many brilliant books out there there's so many brilliant podcasts so I just think now the industry is set up to educate before you know before people kind of take the full plunge but the other thing just to say there is PR is a really diverse industry my part of the industry is very, very tough, notoriously tough, but you could, and, and it's an agency. It's a celebrity, talent, charity, brand, very, very tough. And you're in an agency, you're working across all of those things. If you love PR and communications, but you want a slightly better work-life balance, you could go in-house and you could be, you know, the head of comms or PR for, yeah, internal at a charity, internal for um, a brand, a big corporation. So you can choose PR and comms, but to come into the world I'm in is almost a different decision to go into um, an internal role somewhere. Um, and I think that's really important to say. No, absolutely. I think this kind of comes back to what you said. It's all about the time, having that time for a person to figure out what actually suits them, what doesn't, because you're never going to know until you try. And obviously you've had such a long journey. You've done so much. Have there any have there been any really big obstacles that you've had to overcome so far that you really think back and how did you actually overcome them? Well, I mean, COVID has been really, really tough um, on our industry. Uh, you know, it's been crippling to many businesses. You know, many um, agencies, unfortunately, don't longer exist now. Um, our business took a hit. You know, we lost a lot of business, especially within that kind of first week that, you know, it was all very unknown. Everyone froze their accounts. It started to pick up again, but it's been a really, really tough year and a half. As a small business, we really, really felt it. And so did my clients. So I feel it almost twice. And then before that, I just think the early days were very, very difficult. You know, I went from being a director at a big agency with a whole team, you know, behind me to being on my own at my kitchen table with a laptop with not a lot of money. I didn't have financial backing and I had to start from zero. But not just that, I had to do every single role that for for years I hadn't had to do. And don't get me wrong, I always get my hands dirty. I'll always be the one that would pack a goodie bag and... I'd always be selling in and pitching to journalists as well as doing the big strategy stuff and crisis comms. But it's very hard when you're on your own and you're trying to be everything to everyone in the early days. I'm really proud that I've had the journey that I have because it's, I never asked my team to do a thing that I haven't done myself. Um, and it wasn't that long ago. I'm not too old yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that 
for our listeners listening, that hands-on role that you had to take just as you were starting off is, would be so inspiring to them. And I just want to go on the flip side to that question Nicholas just asked. And I wanted to know, in your opinion, has there been a particular moment where you could say you felt the most proud of Bell PR? There's been a few. I mean, and that's probably not the answer you want. And I'll try and be um, short and sweet. I mean, we've won quite a few awards now. And each award is just such an achievement because it's external recognition for our day-to-day work. You know, and awards for the business, great. Awards for me, obviously, really great. But also awards for the team. You know, they're now starting to get individual awards. And I just feel so, so proud of them. And then, you know, we've had some really, really great results and impactful campaigns and I think for me personally you know I'm the head of comms for all of a lot of dog and animal welfare campaigns including pup aid a a very recent ear cropping campaign for dogs um, anti-puppy import campaign all one has actually had the law change last October and there's two uh, petitions that have already gone through parliament and we should see the law being changed by Christmas and the fact that in my job that I can use my skills and time to change laws for the benefit of animals in this country just there's no better feeling but you know it's a job where I feel proud every day of what I've done what my team do and what my clients do you know I it's it's a really uh, rewarding job in that respect. No, that's lovely. It's lovely to know that you're having such a, I guess, a bigger impact than somebody who just saw the company would think that you actually have the power to influence with what you've just said with the different laws being approved of. Yeah. Well, I just think it's, you know, it's something everyone should do. Every publicist should be using their skills to be raising awareness about something that they care about. And it might not be dogs, but it could be homelessness. It could be a cancer charity. It could be a dementia charity. And, you know, I feel really passionate that we give our time for free for the greater good um, and I think it kind of goes back to your point earlier it looks really glamorous and some of some of it is but it's also very very hard work which you're not going to put on Instagram and actually you know I do believe that the charity stuff and the CSR and the bigger picture get of giving back should be integral to every you know if it was up to me it would be kind of a written rule to be a, a publicist you know, that you have to give X amount of time per month to a cause for free, but it's not, you know, that's just the decision I make and other great publicists in the industry do the same. No, I think it's personally, I like that you're doing something you know, so powerful outside of your own, taking your own time just to help support these great initiatives. And I know obviously, like you said, you have an amazing team behind you supporting you, but behind every great woman also has a great family and support system. So can you tell us a bit more about your background and your family and how, you know, maybe particular people have helped shape the lady you are or the woman you are today? Yeah, well, I think, in, so family, it's interesting. So in business, I've got a lot of mentors that really helped me from, you know, when I was quite young and they kind of saw my potential and they rose me up, you know, in business. And I think business, the world of business and PR can be very scary, but a few people in my career, my last two bosses, Nick Fulford, Nick Ede, amazing publicists, amazing men. Um, and another amazing lady called Helen Costa. She's a brilliant mentor. She worked in government services. Now she works in adoption services for the government. Brilliant, brilliant mentors. And then I think when I think back to when I was younger, my parent, you know, I'm from a working class background, you know, no airs and graces. I went to a state school. I really had to fight for like 
you know, just not to, it, it wasn't as bad as, you know, I would never say I had to fight to be heard at all. You know, I had a loving upbringing. Um, but the reality is I had to fight for my opportunities and to, you know, to fight to get to the successful place that I've got to. You know, I didn't have the um, I wasn't spoon fed at school education. I really had to learn and study and um do that on my own and then you know I really had to fight through my A-levels while working pretty much a full-time job while I was waitressing 45 hours 50 hours a week while doing my A-levels then at uni I had to pay my way for uni by having a part-time job you know what I mean by that is it hasn't been an absolute easy ride for me but I'm really proud of my background and you know I think it probably makes me maybe a bit more empathetic I understand you know what people can go through and how hard people can fight to get to where they've got to but that said you know I'm really really fortunate I've got a loving family my parents taught me to be you know work really hard and be nice to people you know my dad worked for the Royal Mail in the sorting office my mum was a secretary um and you know there's 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 no kind of huge success story. Now, I was the first person in my family to go to university, but I'm not ashamed of any of that. You know, I'm really proud of, you know, of my upbringing um, and my family is so proud of me and I love to treat them now. You know, it's amazing that I can kind of bring them into my world. Um, and a lot of them, you know, don't understand it, <laughs> but it's, it's, they're all very proud of me. Yeah, I think, I think it's so important what you said earlier about not feeling ashamed about where, you, where you've come from to where you are now, because I'm sure lots of the people listening here who are students will be in a similar position you are, where they're having to work, having to get their qualifications while they're funding themselves. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be a thing that you're like, oh, but soon I'm going to ditch this all once I've got my big fancy job. It's like what you have been through has made you the successful person that you are. Yeah integral that you still keep that as a part of you yeah I think that's really true and I think um actually it, like you say it just makes you who you are and you know it's something that I can't forget and I won't forget and it's you know it's in built in my company culture you know we're such such a you know I like to think a really kind giving um team and we've got that ethos running through us and yeah it's nature nurture isn't it it's like you know you never know where you quite get that from but you know ultimately it's probably part of my makeup as I've grown up but no it's brilliant but I've always been very very hard working I've always been driven I've always wanted to, to if I see something not right with a situation I want to fix it you know if I think a committee could be better I will run for chair you know at university I thought the history society could be better so I ran for president I'm that type of person and not everyone is. Um, and so it's, it's nature nurture, isn't it? It's always an interesting debate. It is, you know, it is. And so moving on from that, I was curious to find out um, who actually was your first major client that you had at LPR? What LPR? If you can remember. Wow. Um, on the brown side, Probably iconic London, who are now one of the world's biggest and most successful makeup brands, which is amazing to say, because I took Jade on, who's the founder of Iconic, when she literally created it in her bedroom in Essex. And again, you know, you don't have to be from a certain type of family or have money in the bank to launch a, a business. Yes, it helps. Yes, it makes it easier. Yes, having contacts might kind of speed up the process for you, but 
someone like Jade is brilliant example of someone who wanted it and went and got it and grew grew it slowly but organically and look where she is now it's brilliant so iconic London the makeup brand um, on the branding side and then Katie Piper has been one of my longest serving clients and she's amazing you know she's an author she's a tv presenter she's a philanthropist um and we've really created a brilliant well we've got a brilliant relationship we've created a brilliant brand and some great pro- projects for her um you know her charity is exceptional and I've been big part of that and and the growth of um, the Katie Piper Foundation so I would say they're my first two iconic and Katie Piper and it's obviously extended from there amazing amazing to hear like you said so nice to just see all these big brands now that you're like oh remember you ages ago and I'm sure some of our listeners right now are probably thinking oh maybe I'd like to start up a business like Bell PR would you recommend that they go through maybe like the uni route where they study a related course or would you say there's alternate ways to get into PR such as yourself you basically worked your way up well all of my team have different backgrounds so, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say definitely get a degree or definitely don't get a degree. You know, that, that is, is, is that's too simplistic. I think the reality is there are certain skills you need to be a good publicist. You need to be able to communicate well. You've got to have good grammar. You've got to be able to multitask. You know, there are, there are actual skills that you need, whether you've got a degree or you don't have a degree. I have got a degree, so I would argue that my experience away from home, you know, leaving home, you know, four hours away, built my confidence up, making new friends. I had to be able to communicate well. I had to, I have, I did a history degree. I had to be able to present. I had to be able to research. I had to be able to write. So for me, my degree in terms of life skills and actual academic skills was brilliant to be a publicist. But actually, you don't have to go through that route. You know, you could do a PR degree. Brilliant. You know, you're going to get great skills and you're going to come in and you're going to know a lot about the landscape. Maybe not about the job, but you'll know about the landscape, which is actually why if you get do a PR degree, you really want one with a sandwich year where you actually go and do, you know, I don't know, for 12 months, you're actually an integral part of an agency or your internal at a big brand you know you really want that on hand experience I would argue and I would when I'm interviewing I would probably want to see that otherwise if you're hard working and you've got the skill set I would welcome you with open arms and all of my team have a slight you know half have got degrees half don't so, you know, and, you know, that should be really comforting for people, you know, knowing that this is a career really for anyone if you want it hard enough and you've got the skill set. That is very well put. Um, now, this is one of our favourite questions that we like to do the podcast. So, you've already mentioned that uh, about you doing history at uni, but going back even further to when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, I really, really wanted to be a vet (laughs) Um, and I love animals um, and I always have done, clearly. So I always wanted to be a vet. I was always reading like animal magazines and animal books and I would take myself, I've always loved to learn and I just used to love reading about different animals and their genetic makeup and their bones I remember looking at like the bones of a rabbit skeleton and then you know a cat and honestly I was fascinated by it and also making them better I love the idea of you know having a skill where I could make an actual living thing survive um the reality is 
I was not as good as maths and science as I needed to be. Um, I was much better at kind of more written um, subjects. So the English, the history, the geography, that type of stuff. But um, I had to say goodbye to being a vet when I very quickly realized that I wasn't good enough. <laughs> That's so relatable because I personally wanted to be a dentist until I realized science is not for me. As you kind of said, some people it's just maybe you think it sounds great and then you realize you need these subjects and you're like, eh, no. <laughs> no, do you know what? I would love to be a doctor. I would love to be a doctor or, you know, like an A&E doctor or just you know, literally be able to save lives, uh, whether animals or humans. But the reality is it's just not my skill set. And sometimes you just got to be, be real. And I, I guess I was, at least I was real, uh, like early on, you know, the, you know, you could take a swerve, but it's good to, good to know what you're good at and what you're not so good at. And then home in on that. No, absolutely. And if, if right now you could think back to your younger self, one piece of advice you wish you had then that you now know, what would it be for someone who wanted to embark on this journey? Big yeah, question. yeah. It, I mean, I've got so, I mean, I've got so many different nuggets of advice. I mean, you know, I guess the most simplistic one is it's going to be okay. You know, whatever you choose, it will always work out. And if it doesn't, you keep changing until it works out. I think there's a lot of pressure. Well, I felt pressure of like people like so what are you going to be when you're older you know what degree are you doing and then what next and then what next and actually it's okay to say I don't know I don't know but I'm gonna keep trying different things until I'm happy and I've found something and I think that's why it makes me so sad when I see the wrong people in the wrong job I just know there's a better option out there for them and then I think um probably my team was there I'm overusing this quote now but pressure is privilege I always used to feel that being like pressurized or maybe a bit stressed or getting a task that I didn't know how to do it I used to feel really like oh my goodness I can't deal with this the reality is I did I could and that's such a privilege to be in a society where we are being asked to push ourselves to be better and better and better from a young age so um it's actually the famous quote is by Billie Jean King she uh, coined the pressure is privilege because in other words like if you're a sportsman if you're a publicist you know if you're just in general business if you're working for a company if you're being pressurized and you're being pushed that is such a privilege and you should take it with both hands and run with it very very good words there um thank you so much for joining us charlotte that is all we have time for. but where can our audience find out more about bell pr and what you're up to next so um i would all i mean i would usually say my website which is bellpr.co.uk but actually to be honest it's 2021 the way to just check in is probably on instagram um, if you go to our website you can get direct links through to bellpr underscore on instagram and then obviously you can follow me personally you can follow my team members personally i've got a linkedin page too but um it's 2021 and that's the best thing about kind of new graduates or new people coming through the education system or leaving school you can access people that you want to talk to that you might want to work for you just want to kind of feed off and actually i didn't have that um and it's just one it just opened up the world and i think it's brilliant thank you so much for your time charlotte you're welcome thank you Thank you for listening to Lost and Founded. If 
you liked this episode, make sure to head over to Instagram and let us know at Lost and Found a Pod. Looking for more inspiration? We've got you covered. With new episodes released every Thursday, available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you have subscribed to be notified about new releases, and we'll see you next week. 